1: Hey Chargers fans, this is the Guilty as Charged podcast where we discuss all things related to the Los Angeles Chargers. We are available on all podcast platforms including Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or review. We do really appreciate the positive feedback. Make sure and follow us on social media including our Patreon account where as little as $1 gains you access to cool things like jersey giveaways and film breakdowns. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. It finally happened. We get to do a game review of a Chargers win. Uh, it was obviously not very pretty over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I ended up winning 39-29. to um, Joining me today is Alex. Alex, how you doing, man? I'm
2: doing pretty good. And this feels like our first real win. because We got the yeah. <laughs> Bengals game earlier in the season where the tone of the podcast was like, well, we won, but it kind of felt like a loss. But even with right. all the <laughs> defensive issues today and a lot of other issues, uh, we won the game pretty decisively. So ten point win, yeah. I'll take
1: it. Yeah, ten point win is a ten point win and, and you know, I think the defense, you know, wasn't pretty. You know, we'll get to that. Um to me, you know, the story of the game was Justin Herbert yet again. And we talked earlier in the week about the Chargers need to put more on his plate. They need to, you know, for lack of a better phrase, they needed to let him cook. And uh, it took a while. It took a whole first half to figure out, like, OK, like <clears throat> we need to figure this out. We need to get Justin Herbert going. And boy, did he come out of halftime with a vengeance. He ended up with uh, 347 yards passing, three touchdowns and 66 yards rushing and one touchdown on the ground. So, Alex, what did you make of Justin's performance today against the Jacksonville Jaguars?
2: Uh, he was really good. I mean, when we talk about that first down stuff that you were mentioning, it was just, you know, he had the 31-yard run to start uh, start the game, I think, on the first drive, uh, which was really yeah. fun. And that was a designed run. And, you know, he got it done with his legs, you know, a couple other times in the game. So that was fun to see. But, yeah, they um, – kind of let him open up the playbook uh, early down passing. Uh, you know, we, we got a Joe Reed touchdown, uh, which was, yeah. you know, amazing to think about, uh, you know, running him in uh, Parham obviously caught a touchdown from Herbert, which is awesome. You know, the king of efficiency, Donald Parham. Um, but right. yeah, so, and we obviously had quite a few other Herbert moments, uh, you know, leaping into the end zone, the guy throw, uh, but yeah, Herbert was just a, you know really a champ all this whole entire game. And um, you know while I was obviously bought into Herbert before, <laughs> I, I tweeted this: um, this was the first game where I was like, all right, I would die for Justin Herbert. If Justin Herbert <laughs> needed me to die to you know fuel an offensive drive, I would do it. Um, but no, he was he was fantastic today. He had a li- he was a little bit iffy in that kind of first quarter. Uh, for, from the start, he missed a couple throws, uh, but when he, heat, when he heated up, you know, it, it was, you know, kind of over uh, for, for the Jags defense at that point, and he just kept uh, kept it coming, and um, yeah, the creativity, uh, you know, and man, Justin Herbert just saved the Chargers today from a terrible run game, uh, a terrible secondary performance, uh, a terrible special yeah. teams performance, Justin Herbert, that was a put the team on your back game and, you know, he aced the test with line colors. He really did. And like you said, you know, that's
1: the best way to describe what happened today is that Justin Herbert put the team on his back. Uh he was the leading rusher for this team obviously with the 66 yards. Um Joshua Kelly had 12 carries for 29, so his lack of efic- efficiency continues. Justin Jackson had 5 for 12. Joe Reed had 2 for 14 in the touchdown, so You know, he was really the the second most efficient runner on the team. And, you know, this just it showed, again, another way that Justin Herbert has improved. Right. You know, and everything was kind of not clicking early. And, you know, we've seen from some other rookie quarterbacks in other games that when things aren't clicking early, you tend to kind of, you know, uh, I don't want to say pout. But, you know, those rookie mistakes come out a little bit more often when everything around you is not going well. And, uh, he bounced back beautifully. He had a, a few great throws under pressure. And again, we've been saying all year, all season long that he really trusts Jalen Guyton and that long touchdown really kind of, you know, that was the turning point really for what the Chargers offense was doing in the third quarter. That touchdown to, to Jalen Guyton and then the special teams fumble. And then that really was, was the end of the game there. Um, were there any other? positive before we get to the negative which we are going to get to because there was plenty uh but before we get to that point what other positives did you take from this game
2: uh uchenna and mosu uh he was awesome today uh getting pressure uh had i think two sacks or they kind of counted as half sacks but you know he was in there mostly for the uh, first half played really well um melvin ingram's presence was felt today uh in the first half and second half even You know, it it was clear he wasn't 100 percent, but, you know, just sliding on the interior, you know, running back and forth between the interior and the edge. uh, He was just awesome today. Uh, Keenan Allen obviously deserves a mention because, you know, he as much as we talk about Herbert, like, you know, he was just making some awesome plays. Uh, I don't know what his final stat line is, but I would imagine he'd have to be close to 100 yards. Um, You know, he was so he had 10 catches for 125, yeah, 125 yards. So it was over what I thought. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, he was awesome. And yeah, mostly, it, it was mostly positive for the offense. Uh, only, I mean, even the offensive line did pretty okay today. Uh, not in terms of run yep. blocking, but pass blocking. I didn't see a ton of Herbert getting hit. Uh, so he was pretty good. And I, I have to give a shout out to Herbert again. That uh, one throw where... He was he threw it off his back foot while he was being blitzed to Keenan Allen. That is a throw yeah. that I, I honestly want to say no quarterback in Chargers history could have made. <laughs> like Philip right, I, I don't think right. Philip Rivers could make that throw because his arm wasn't quite built like that and just you know, to have the grace to drop back, throw that one. That was an awesome throw. So offensively, um those are my positives. Obviously, shout out to and Wosu, Bosa, Ingram, I thought they had all had solid games. Um, no, the, that, was, that was it in terms of my positives. Um, Kenneth Murray had an okay game, but, yeah, that was really it. Yeah, you know, that throw that
1: Justin Herbert made that you're talking about, you know, that was very Patrick Mahomes-esque. And the uh, broadcaster during the game was like, you know, most quarterbacks, when they get to the five-step drop, you know they want to plant and go, and Justin kind of you know backpedaled a couple more times, and then was ultimately able to make that throw to Keenan Allen. Um, to me, <clears throat> um, to me, you know, one thing that I am going to take away from this game is that really the Chargers' quick passing game was very effective on early downs, I and mean, we we saw that switch. They still ran it, you know, a little too much, but you know I, I wasn't expecting a full on switch to the quick passing game. But when they did go there, it was very effective. You know, Hunter Henry had three catches for 23 yards. Most of that was quick passing game. Justin Jackson had five catches for, for 43. That was mostly, you know, quick passing downs on, on first down. And then, you know, I would be remiss as well if we didn't mention Virgil Green, you know, uh, hopefully the ankle injury is, is nothing too serious. When then they showed that replay, I thought it was broken. Like yeah. I thought he was going to be down for, out for the count. And, uh, it was a great catch, great throw by Justin, but hopefully he, uh, is able to bounce back and, and not be out for too long.
2: Yeah, hopefully uh, Virgil Green is okay. We saw Hunter Henry go down in this game, but then he came back pretty quickly. But for just a moment, yeah. Donald Parham was the number one end t- on the roster, <laughs> which, um, yeah. you know, my weird uh, fascination with him continues. So, but I mean, he got the <laughs> touchdown. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Virgil, yeah, Virgil Green had a fantastic catch. Uh, but yeah, no, that, the injuries did uh, start to pile up, though. Um, I I don't know what it was because the Jags were kind of having a ton of injuries yeah, and, they were, and slipping yeah. as well. Um, so I, I don't know if it's a, a turf thing, um, what it's about. But, yeah, it seems like both teams had a bunch of slipping and kind of injuries in this one. Well, that's kind of something that we've seen
1: throughout the league. And, you know, the a bunch of San Francisco 49ers players have have criticized, you know, the field at met life in New York and, um, in you know, New Jersey, been... in New Jersey. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's just something that we've seen, you know, the NFL PA PA is trying to get the NFL to install grass fields instead of turf, um, which will be definitely, you know, very interesting. Um, one thing that I think we kind of have to talk about now, um, the Easton stick thing was weird. It was really, really weird, and you know we talked about you know Tyrod Taylor being you know if he were active maybe getting in some wildcat plays, but Easton took Easton stick came in for one play, Dude. he threw he threw a pass and then he he stayed in the yeah. game for a second play and I was like shouting at the TV like <laughs> what are we doing? What is happening? Yeah. It was just so confusing, like, and Anthony Lynn apparently was saying that he wanted to protect Justin Herbert from taking unnecessary shots, but I'm like, Herbert's probably a better runner than Easton Stick <laughs> yeah. is at this point. I mean, he had nine carries for 66, he had a long of 31, he had a second one that was like 25. Like, I, I'm i not saying go full Josh Allen for Justin Herbert, but man, like, I don't understand why why he would take the ball out of his hands and put in Easton Stick for two plays in a row.
2: That was very weird. Um... Initially, I thought it was just kind of like, maybe they drew this up for Tyrod, and Tyrod couldn't go, so it went to stick, right? Have maybe, those yeah. one or two plays. Um, that's kind of what it seemed like to me, but Anthony Lynn's uh, comment saying it was to prevent Herbert from taking hits, that was weird to me, um, just because it didn't seem like Herbert was getting hit a lot, and you know he was doing pretty well in terms of taking contact. So, I, I don't know. It, it's weird that he would say that instead of just like oh you know I I didn't want him to answer well we're going full Taysom Hill but I wanted him to be like well we designed these plays and you know stick and run them as opposed to you know Herbert kind of needed a breather at that point to not take hits that's a little bit weird but uh, I mean he did get a completion to uh, Mike Williams for three four yards which (laughs) it seems like Easton stick uh, weirdly has a better relationship in this game, in this game with Mike Williams than Justin Herbert did. Um, Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, no, he, he got that one. And then the run for loss, it, I don't know how to read between the lines on the Lynn comment on this one. My guess is they drew up a couple plays for Tyrod and, you know, then Tyrod couldn't play in this one. Uh, or they didn't want to risk him even though he was cleared. So then Stick ran it. That's just my guess. I don't know. I, I wouldn't expect to see uh, Stick run two plays next week uh, again, but right. uh, we'll see. They they also did an interesting thing. They It was an illegal formation because I think Joe Reed was off the line of scrimmage, but they had Joshua Kelly take that Wildcat snap. Uh, I think this was in the second, first quarter. I don't remember. It was at the, it was at the end of the first quarter yeah. and
1: they called the penalty on Joe Reed, but really it was on uh, Justin oh, Herbert because okay. he wasn't, yeah. uh, he was, I don't know if he wasn't on the line and was supposed to be off of it or what, but, um, the announcers made it seem like it was Justin Herbert's, uh, penalty when they gave it to Joe Reed.
2: Yeah. I, I thought it was Herbert's penalty too, which is why I was confused when they gave it to Reed. So yeah, uh, seemed like that was Herbert's deal, but you know, certainly it seemed like with the stick plays, um, the design quarterback runs, the early down passing, and you know you add in the, the Joshua Kelly wildcat snap, it certainly seems like Shane Steichen, off of the bye week, uh, had some new things and new wrinkles he wanted to throw in there. So. Um, it was good to see that, at least, even if I wasn't in love with the stick plays. But uh, in a general right. sense, it was good to see some variety in the offense, uh, which, you know, uh, all of us had kind of been you know waiting for.
1: Yeah, as long as Trey Turner and, and Brian Balaga and Austin Eckler are out, he's going to have to get creative for the running game. And we finally saw that happen. You know, obviously, with with Justin running the ball, you know, there were a bunch of read options that he finally took. And we've been saying, you know, for the past couple of weeks that these run pass options are not there if he wants to take advantage of them with his legs there there are opportunities for him obviously that panned out today they called four ender rounds two to joe reed and two to tyron johnson which i'm a big fan of those plays because they're quick they go right to the outside and they kind of open up the middle of the defense a little bit um so eventually when trey turner and brian blogger come back and i would expect the running efficiency from the running backs to go up at least a little bit um, you know Justin Jackson. I'm not seeing the same kind of burst from him that we did last year. Maybe that's kind of a concern. Maybe that's just him getting into, uh, back into game shape. Obviously, he was a game time decision today. Uh, Joshua Kelly was a little bit better, but he, you know he's still having some some vision issues that I would like to see him, you know, be a little more decisive. But um, ultimately, you know, the offensive output today was very strong. You know, 39 points. It was the first time. All season that they that they crossed the 30 point mark. You know, Justin Herbert had 43 pass attempts. Easton Stick had the one, so really 44 as a team. So I, I was happy with the offensive output. The second quarter was really kind of the rough quarter in general. You know, we have yet to see this team play a full four quarters. It's just in the past the third quarter was the challenge, and today it was the second quarter. Um, that really is when the Jaguars got some things going. And you pointed this out on the show, and then you tweeted it. Uh, James Robinson was really kind of the key to the Jaguars offense in general. And, you know, he made them pay. He ran hard. Uh, Uchenna also called him a bowling ball, and I really agree with that. He had 20, 22 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. Um, should we be worried about the Chargers' run defense going forward?
2: Yeah, it, it was a bad performance in the run defense. They they did okay versus the Saints in the week before the bye. But, you know, if you remember in that Tampa Bay game, Ronald Jones had a very similar day uh, to what uh, what's his name Uh, to James Robinson, what he did today. So uh, that wasn't a positive sign. It didn't seem like they played Justin Jones a lot in the first half. Uh, I would guess he had about 15, 20 snaps. Uh, we, We were talking about it in the group chat Uh, So I'd be curious to see when the final snap count, you know, comes out what it actually was, but it seems like they sort of were pitch counting him uh, a lot more than they were pitch counting Ingram. Uh, So Ingram, Ingram also said in a press conference after the game, you know, there's no, there's no (laughs) snap count for me, um, which I like to hear, but Um, Yeah, it seemed like they didn't play Justin Jones a ton, maybe because his injury was more severe. I don't really know. Um, But, yeah, the run defense definitely struggled uh, really the whole game, and it was just James Robinson getting five, six, seven-yard chunks, and that's just not what you want to see. Hopefully they have a better performance uh, next week, obviously, Next week is a very big game on the calendar for the Melvin Gordon revenge game. Um, but, yeah. So, you know, we'll see how that goes, but it's definitely a concern for me, but hopefully Justin Jones plays a little bit more next week. Um, second week back from injured reserve and we can get the run game kind of cooking, but uh, yeah, I don't know in terms of the run game, the interior was a bit of a letdown with Linval Joseph. I felt in that regard, Um, And I don't know. It didn't seem like Ingram or Bosa was getting very active in stopping the run. Uh, And Wosu had, you know, one running back, you know, in the backfield stop that I noticed. Um, But, yeah, they just did not have it when it came to the run game in James Robinson today. And it was kind of surprising because they were really, really good when it came to the pass rush. So um, it, it was just you know it was sad to see the pass rush be so good but the you know run stop be just kind of non-existent yeah and you know credit to the jaguars maybe that was kind
1: of their plan coming in was to really focus on the run game um you know you mentioned melvin ingram and the snap count thing he had an all-time great quote after this game uh he said i feel like i am not from this planet i am a machine i'm always (laughs) trying to rush back from injury so Shout out to Melvin Ingram, man, you know, uh, always providing the uh, high-quality quotes after the game.
2: Right, no, Melvin Ingram is uh, awesome, and it it was great to see him come back this game because it just felt like these last few weeks without him, um, in in particular the Saints game, this team really, really missed him, Uh, so it was nice to see him back on the field, and, you know, he's also one of those uh, veteran leaders, right? So, you know, we talk about the defensive line playing with, A little bit more juice and you know guys like Tillery or guys like Square or uh, you know anyone else on the defensive line become a little more bit more visible when Melvin Ingram plays so it was great to see him bring that energy uh, and I hope you know he he was a little bit limpy towards the end of the game but uh, it seems like he's fine so I hope he's available for the Chargers going forward over the back half of the season.
1: Yeah, he, uh, so he actually didn't have any tackles or any sacks or anything, but his presence was definitely felt. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see how many pressures he had because, you know, off the top of my head, I want to say like three or four. Um, his presence was definitely felt and, you know, that doesn't reflect in the stat sheet sometimes, but, um, you know, I, th- one thing I'm really, I'm going to be really curious about watching the film this week, uh, is really the defensive tackles because I felt like watching the game that anytime, Damian Square or Jerry Tillery came in for Linval Joseph. James Robinson almost always popped a big run right after mm-hmm. that. So uh, I'm going to be curious to see if that is true or if that was just kind of something that maybe I noticed a little too late. Um, it felt like in the third quarter Linval kind of came out and, and, you know, it felt like he was kind of taking the running game personal. You know, he had a couple tackles right off the bat in the third quarter. Uh, he actually had five tackles today and one of them for loss. So. Uh definitely going to be interested in seeing that. Um in terms of other things on defense, man, there wasn't a whole lot of positives for me outside of the pass rush. Uh they got five sacks on Minshew. Uh they only gave Un- Unwosu one and a half. You know, he shared one with Isaac Rochelle, I believe. Um, so the, the pass rush was there for sure. And you know, five sacks is a great output. Kaiser White had a sack as well coming on a blitz, but this secondary man has big issues. And that tackle attempt on James Robinson on the receiving touchdown that he had by Casey Hayward was pitiful. And, you know, we've seen that's It's kind of been a theme of the pat of really the past few games against opposing running backs. You know, Michael Davis had his bad moment against uh Keyshawn Vaughn in the end zone against Tampa Bay. This secondary uh, is not tough. They really missed Derwin James in that regard. They do not seem like any of them want to tackle. Um, Rayshon Jenkins has missed a bunch of tackles. He got carried by James Robinson for like four or five yards on a play. This secondary has some issues, man, and, and it's uh, starting to become a, a concern for me.
2: I mean, in addition to missing Derwin James, they're also missing Chris Harris. I mean, the you know drop yeah. off in the secondary has been kind of dramatic. You know, ever since he came out of the Panthers game till now, um, it's it's just been really bad um you know it was funny because jason reed mentioned this in the slack but we kind of expected whether the quarterback was tyrod or herbert you know no matter who it was uh in the preseason we were sort of like well this is going to be a team that wins games like 14 to 13 uh and has like you (laughs) know gritty defensive performances that that either bail out uh you know and tyrod or herbert just kind of manages the game right Um, But then it turns out uh, the secondary is really bad. And, uh, you know, it's Herbert, you know, Herbert bailing out the other way around. So um, I don't know. Michael Davis just, you know, this has been a kind of theme in his last few games, uh, has been giving up really high reception percentages Uh, in the last three games before this one. He gave up like 88 percent reception percentage, which is, you know, I think like 20 points higher than what Chris Harris was doing. So that's a pretty big uh, decline in that way. Hayward, I mean, it's been the same thing kind of all year. He tightened it up for the fourth quarter, um, but definitely yeah, in it. the second and third quarter, it just felt like I don't quite know what it was. Obviously, we have missed tackles. But uh, one thing that I've noticed is that he, doesn't tr- he hasn't been tracking the ball quite as well. Um, as he has the previous seasons, right. so that's led to some kind of big completions um we saw that with the mike evans uh big catch that kind of really changed the tampa bay game a lot uh so i don't know it's it's been a bit of a decline for casey hayward michael davis is still you know he plays some really good reps but also has some really bad ones so it's kind of a mixed effort there i didn't really notice desmond king a lot uh, i don't know if you noticed him uh, but it, it didn't seem like he had that great of a game anyway, but yeah, as, as we mentioned, uh, Ray Sean and, uh, Nasir, I don't know, they didn't seem to have it for this one. So yeah, yeah they missed Derwin James. Safeties are bad. Hayward's not quite as good as he was. And obviously missing Chris Harris, as I mentioned before. So, um, this could get kind of ugly. I, I hope that, you know, they rebound from week to week and we see a better performance against uh, Drew Locke. But, you know, th- this is a Jaguars team that I felt like they should have beaten uh, more handily from a defensive perspective, and they just didn't. Yeah, and, you
1: know, if if they ever get into... Like, this kind of, from a points perspective, this, you know, appears to have been, like, a shootout game, but it really wasn't because uh, Gardner Minshew only attempted uh let me see real quick he only attempted 27 passes compared to justin herbert's 43 so if they ever get to the point where justin herbert is putting up a lot of points and they need to stop uh you know opposing quarterbacks from from you know putting up a lot of points i just don't know if the secondary is going to be able to do that and you know i was excited a lot i was very excited about nasir Adderley, uh coming into the season you know stepping in behind derwin james and uh, you know, in August, I pegged Rayshon Jenkins as a p- potential breakout candidate and against I the run Rayshon has improved a lot, but he's getting picked on in coverage quite a bit. And, you know, we saw LaVisca Chenault kind of take him to school a little bit a couple of times. Uh, you know, I mentioned the James Robinson thing. You know, this this secondary has a lot of needs. And I tweeted this out. I want the Jack boys nickname gone. I want it scratched <laughs> from record. It is so pitiful to you know hype up this secondary and the Chargers you know social media page. I know they're doing their job and hyping up the team, but every single week they tweet a picture out of the Jack Boys and like, oh this this group is gonna <laughs> and, you know do some good things. And you know Casey Hayward talked to Ed Reed uh, earlier in the week about the Jack Boys, right? And I want the Jack Boys scratched from record. I don't ever want to hear that again until they prove to me and to everybody else that they are at least an average unit right now. They are not average. They are very below average. And, uh, you know, they kind of they have cost this team some games. And I think it's going to be a big concern going forward. I don't know if you can just bank on Chris Harris and Derwin James being healthy next year. You know, that remains to be seen. Obviously, those two would help out a lot. Uh, You know, you mentioned Desmond King. Apparently he had a sack today. I I didn't really remember
2: that happening, but. You know he has not been. He his... he didn't really have a sack. It was when Minshew fell behind the line of scrimmage and he went down. But Desmond King touched him, so Desmond King got a sack.
1: Okay, yeah. So there we go. <laughs> he did blitz a few more times today. Uh, one of them was was just an embarrassing attempt to try and tackle Minshew, and then Minshew escaped. Um, but Desmond King, like I know, all the fans love Desmond King for some reason, but he's he's not good anymore. He's not. And Casey Hayward is really starting to show some cracks, which we've talked about. You know, I, I as much as I want this secondary to improve, I think the Chargers have to invest some serious draft capital in the next year or two in the secondary and kind of revamp it because today's performance was embarrassing. And really, the last couple of
2: weeks have just been really bad. Yeah, it's funny because I think I don't remember if it was last year or two years ago, uh I have a buddy who's a Chiefs fan who made fun of the Jack Boys name and he called them the Whack Boys. Uh which was kind of fun. Um but but that might be That's the nickname that we need to install. Uh because yes. from now on they're the Whack Boys. Uh until we can hold a quarterback <laughs> like under 250 yards. Uh so until then they are now the Whack Boys. But um yeah, no, it was just a rough one for them. Uh I hope they pick it up next week. Obviously they're going to need to be on their game the next two weeks when it comes to not, not so much against drew lock. I mean, obviously they'll need to be very good against him, but the, the Raiders scare me because Carr has been better this year and I could see Carr kind of picking them apart. Um, if they're not careful and the Raiders have, you know, a lot of receiving options and Henry Ruggs and Darren Waller and all those guys. Right. So, I don't know that that game and, and future games down the road uh, schedule uh, or scare me with the secondary. So we'll see how it goes, you know, in the next few weeks. But I don't see a market improvement coming until they really get Chris Harris uh, back. Yeah, he he said on his Instagram or
1: Twitter or something that he's trying to come back really quick. And and you know every player is going to say that. But I I you know uh, Daniel Popper said not to expect him back until week nine or ten. Um, you know I'm I'm fairly I don't want to say fairly confident. I'm I think that they can beat the Broncos next week. Uh, You know, Drew Locke has has kind of looked like a mess and shocker. Melvin Ingram or Melvin Gordon, excuse me, fumbled again today. Uh, Phil Blinsey left early to injury. So I think that they can beat the Broncos. But, you know, that Raiders game, I know that they lost today to the to the Buccaneers. But that Raiders game scares me a lot. And Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs. Josh Jacobs, those are all bad matchups for the Chargers secondary and passing attack and and I know Derek Carr is not the greatest quarterback in the world but you know he can distribute the ball at a high level and that that game is is scary to me. So the other nickname that needs to go away forever. I don't ever want to hear this nickname ever 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 again is the stupid money badger. <laughs> Michael Badgley is not a good kicker right now. And I don't know what's going on. I don't know if this is a confidence issue or what, but he missed a PAT again and he missed a very, very doable kick. So he cost the team four points. Luckily it didn't come back to bite them in the ass. Like the other kicks have done. Uh, but he is not his normal self. Money badger needs to go away. I'm not going to say that we should start calling him broke badger or whatever other. (laughs) I want to say, uh, someone tweeted me and said, uh, back taxes badger or something like that, which I thought was funny, but I'm not going to start calling him that. He's just Michael Badgley. Uh, you know, you wrote an article about the Chargers should bring in some kicking competition. I think now you absolutely have to bring in kicking competition. Uh, you know,
2: Michael Badgley is struggling in a very bad way. Yeah. The money badger has apparently been having some checks bounce because uh, it, <laughs> it, it hasn't been going very good. So we might call him uh bounce check badger, but it's um yeah it you know Anthony Lynn said post game he's never seen Michael Badgley in a stretch like this um which maybe gets the wheels turning on like hey you know are we gonna bring in competition are we gonna wait till the offseason to bring in competition um you know who knows what the deal is uh, Lynn said I think still going forward um, Badgley will be the kicker um, but you know you have one or two more performances like this. You know, this is going to be a really big problem. And, you know, it, I mean, he's risking really getting cut. I mean, that's that's what it is at the end of the day. Um, uh, you know, I don't know really what their options are. Hauschka would obviously bring an option. We, we talked a little bit about him, I think, after the Saints game. Um, there have been some other, you know, kicking uh, moves that have happened during the season to open up the door for some other guys. Uh maybe Anthony Lynn gives a tryout to the old man uh Venitieri, who isn't technically retired. um, but yeah, no,
1: I, honestly, just thinking about it, sorry to interrupt you, but uh the Jaguars had that John Brown kid uh, who was yeah. I mean, this was his first game last week in the NFL, but I mean he showed some good signs,
2: like I'd be okay with at least bringing him in for a tryout yeah, uh, i I think I think the tryout is more important than who the actual like kickers yeah. they're bringing in are, right. Um, It's just about kind of motivating Badgley to perform better, uh, trying to get him back to what he was in in 2018. I don't really know if it's a mental thing for him. I don't know if maybe it's still kind of some lingering effects from the injury last year. I don't really know what it is. um, But yeah, it, it seems like he is a little bit in his head now. And that could be really, you know, bad for the team going forward. But right. all across this game, you know, not just Badgley, um, special teams, man. It's been a struggle. So bad. Been a struggle. Uh, and we, we've kept saying, you know, George Stewart is getting, you know, his seat's a little, a little warmer. To me, after this game, his seat is flaming hot, or at least it should be. Yeah. I, I, this coverage unit. It seems like they're always giving
1: up 10, 15 yards off of punt returns and more so on kickoff returns. And, you know, if if Ty Long's not, you know, booming kicks off the tee and Boomin kicks off the, you know, off the punting formation, you know, this coverage unit is bad. And, you know, I I don't know at this point what you can do because it it honestly kind of seems like a personnel issue. You know, their, their coverage unit was pretty good last year because they had really good special teams players in Derek Watt, Adrian Phillips. Drew Tranquil for the first half of the season. You know, it, it just is is bad in, in a really bad way. And that cost them another touchdown. And then the Jaguars, I believe, went for two after that one. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But, um, you know, they scored off of a punt return, punt block. And then, you know, Tavon Campbell kind of saved it with, you know, a, a fumble, uh forced fumble on his on the other side. But you can't have coverage issues and kicking issues as a special teams coordinator. Like yeah, the, this cannot continue. And, you know, they have games coming up against some really good return men and Michael McCall Hardman, Tyreek Hill types, Henry Ruggs. So, you know, this, this George Stewart's seat is, is scorching hot. And, you know, I, I don't know enough about special teams to know, like if firing him would work, like firing him mid season would work. Um, but I, I definitely do not think that George Stewart should be back next year. I don't, Like I said, I don't know enough about special teams if firing him right now would change much. But uh, he should not be back next year at all.
2: Speaking of special teams, uh, I really don't like Desmond King as p- in punt return still. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I get nervous every time he's about to touch the ball. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there needs to be a change there. I don't know. Maybe – You put Tyron Johnson or Joe Reed uh, or any kind of the assortment of, um, you know, KJ Hill whenever he's healthy. I don't know if you go that route, but I feel like it's time to end the Desmond King punt return thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And
1: someone that really knows special teams should, like, tweet this at me or, or whatever. But I don't understand how Joe Reed can be so good at kickoff returns but not at punt returns. Like, I know it's a little different because... You know, it's more of like you get a running start versus catching it right away and making someone miss immediately. But I, he, he has to be a better option than Desmond King at this point. And uh, maybe that's something that they can add on his plate later on. So, man, those this game, it had a lot of negatives, obviously, you know, which we've been talking about the majority of the episode. But, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier in, in the show, Justin Herbert. It's gonna to have to keep throwing to to win games, and uh, you know that obviously is the main takeaway for me offensively. I thought he played fa- I thought he played outstanding, and really it's gonna be Justin Herbert kind of carrying the load uh, from here on out.
2: Yeah, uh, it's gonna be him carrying the load at, at least until we get Austin Eckler back, and you know maybe we get Trey Turter and Brian Belaga back. Hopefully next week, uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, But, yeah, it's going to be him carrying the load, you know, with Justin Jackson, uh, Josh Kelly, which uh, I'll give Josh Kelly credit because he had a good day in the receiving game uh, and, you know, uh, laid out for some first downs. So credit to him where it's due. Um, But, yeah, just all around in the run game, offensive line, it's pretty clear that everything falls on Herbert now. Um, One thing that I thought was interesting with Herbert, and we talked a a little bit about this with Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Williams obviously had the big catch against the Saints to set up the missed Michael Badgley field goal, but he hasn't been super active, I mean, with Herbert. And this is one of the things that we talked about preseason in that, you know, Tyrod might like Mike Williams a little bit more than Herbert does. Um, But Herbert seems to go a lot to Guyton, a lot to Allen, Uh, Henry, of course, uh, but he doesn't go to Mike Williams that much. So it makes me wonder about the broader future going forward, about, you know, whether Mike Will yeah, good Mike will is a part of this team, uh, you know, after 2021, because uh, he already has the option. But, um, right. you know, I definitely think Mike Will is good to keep around, um, but it seems like he's not quite on the same page with Justin Herbert yet.
1: Yeah, it it really just kind of seems from the outside looking in that Justin just he has eyes for Keenan Allen first and foremost, and then secondary weirdly is Jalen Guyon, Which credit to Jalen Guyton and credit to the Chargers receivers receivers coach uh, Phil McGowan. But you know Jalen Guyton has improved a lot. Uh, he drew a defensive holding, which was a really good route, and then obviously he had a, he had two really big catches, but. Um, it just seems like first read is always Keenan Allen, which is not a bad thing. Yeah, obviously Keenan Allen is a fantastic player, um, but you know it just seems like Mike is more of the uh, you know third fourth read most of the time. And if he's not getting the jump ball deep targets, you know he's just not overly involved. That's kind of one area that I would like to see them change in the red zone. Um, you know they went for two that one time and they did a read option. To me, with guys like Mike Williams and Donald Parham, I think you have to use your size in the red zone. I'm not saying do goal line fades because I hate goal line fades. <laughs> um, but, you know, you have this very tall lineup that you could throw out there and, and mix things up a little bit more. I would have loved to see some crossing routes like they did against the Saints a couple times uh, down there. And, and to me, Mike Williams needs to be at least more involved in the red zone. Uh, if he's not going to get the deep targets that we're used to, you know, you got to get him going at least in the red zone. And uh, that's definitely something that they can
2: improve upon going forward. Yeah. uh, And I want to give a shout out to the love of my life, Donald Parham uh, for a little bit, (laughs) Um, the king of efficiency, but chicken parm. Yeah. uh, But in all seriousness, like I feel like the dude has to get more red zone targets now. Uh, And we we sort of saw towards the end of the game, he had a a couple more snaps um, because of the injury to Virgil Green. But um i i just feel like he's just such a good connection with herbert um you know they're both similar kind of in height and they both seem to have this really good connection going so i feel like they just have to utilize the size of him mike williams some of these other guys we've been talking about um as, as kind of their secret weapons right and um yeah no get more joe reed touchdowns more donald parham touchdowns and uh, the whole fan base will be happy It's just
1: incredible. Like every single week, it seems like, you know, somebody is getting in on the action that wasn't previously in it. And, you know, this week it was Joe Reed. Last week, you know, Mike Williams got in, in the action in a big way, you know, Jalen Guy and Tyron Johnson. So, uh, definitely a good thing that Justin Herbert is, is, you know, whether it's by design or not, you know, Justin is really getting other guys involved and elevating the play of others around him, which, you know, is a huge, huge aspect of playing in the quarterback position. So, Um, my game ball pretty obviously is Justin Herbert, man. You know, he put the team on his back. I think, you know, they won this game pretty much because of his arm and his decision making. Um, he continues to impress and every single week he does something that I just, you know, it's so much fun watching him play the position and watching him grow and and make these strides. And, you know, he hasn't had a turnover in a few weeks and, you know, that's something that rookie quarterbacks kind of struggle with. And so, you know, it's, it's just been so much fun watching him play. Uh, did you have another game ball that you wanted to bring up?
2: Yeah. Offensive game ball obviously goes to Herbert. Uh, as you mentioned, just flat out dominant, uh, right now he's a shoe in candidate for rookie of the year. Uh, yes. I don't think there's a debate about that at this point, uh, defensive game ball. I'll give it to Melvin Ingram, uh, for coming back a little more, more energy in the pass rush, a little bit more energy in the defensive line. Uh, I liked seeing him kind of rotate, uh, both on the edge and go inside, Um, He had an awesome day today, so even though he didn't get a sack or tackle, it was very clear his energy and performance was there. Uh, And the special teams game ball goes to no one. (laughs) So those are the game balls for me this week.
1: No one. I mean, I I guess like a little shout out to Tavon Campbell for forcing that fumble, but that that was pretty much it. That was pretty much it. Special teams, man, you got to step your shit up because that was horrendous today. Also, super confusing,
2: Um, and, and Michael Peterson brought this up that uh Jalila is now number 36 and tavon campbell is now number 37 yeah that's
1: very confusing. it's so con, it's so confusing and then you add in the fact that they have the exact same hairdo and <laughs> same hair length and they both wear the the uh oakley visors man <laughs> every time i see tavon campbell i'm like Jalila die it's like <laughs> i'm i'm so confused like can we not get you know we need to give campbell like number 29 or something <laughs> like there needs to be a clear difference between the two of them and you know, it's very similar to like a
2: die and Trey Boston right? You know, back in the day like you just never knew who was who speaking of a die it was kind of weird that they used him on that like first defensive drive and then they just never yeah. used him again i don't know what that was about um it was weird to see him start the game like that but um yeah no he he played well for the first drive and you know uh, Tavon Campbell obviously had a great, uh, great game as well um so yeah we'll we'll see what the special team situation is going forward. I just hope it improves because, you know, it didn't cost them today, but sometimes when you give up four or five points on special teams, you know, it costs you the game. So, you know, it's definitely something to watch going forward. Yeah. You, you cannot, you cannot
1: give up, you know, uh, they missed four points from Badger kicks and then the, the special teams touchdown. You know, you cannot give teams like the Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs, you know, in, in division teams eleven points off of special teams. Like that just cannot happen going forward. Um, I guess defensively, you know, giving a game ball, I would maybe give it to Unwosu. I thought he had a really fantastic mm-hmm. game, made some mm-hmm. good things happen in the run game. Um, you know, the secondary, like I mentioned, was just really bad. Um, you know, looking forward, Justin Herbert and Joe and Joe Burrow, man, they're putting on a show and Joe Burrow is having some turnover issues. He's getting sacked a lot. So he's not playing as clean of a game as Justin Herbert has been the last couple of weeks. Uh, but his numbers are, are right up there with Ju- with Justin. But I just think, you know, the impact that Justin is having on this team, he's carrying it. Like, you know, he really is carrying this team to being in position to g- win games. And ultimately I think that's, what's going to put him uh, ahead of Joe Burrow in the rookie of the year conversation.
2: Yeah. I think it's definitely why he's ahead right now. Uh, I started wrote, Rookie of the Year article earlier in the week, but I mean at this point it feels like Justin Jefferson was off this week. Um, But yeah, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire obviously had a very good game uh, against the Bills, so it feels like if I had to order it 1-2-3-4, it would probably be Herbert 1, Burrow 2, Jefferson 3, and then you got uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire at 4, but I think he's kind of a distant 4, but Uh, really I think it's going to be a Herbert Burrow race uh, as you mentioned so um, I'll be curious to see how it turns out it seems like Herbert has a big lead Uh, I don't know if we want to get into any of the uh, other non-chargers games today Uh, were there any takeaways you had watching the other games yeah, uh, we'll get into those for sure. But I,
1: I do want to say Justin Jefferson right now, uh, he has 537 yards receiving. And obviously, he had his bye week today, but he is one, two, three, four, five, seventh in the league in receiving yards. Yeah. So Justin Jefferson, I think, definitely seems like Justin Herbert's uh, main competition there. So, in terms of other games, I thought the Steelers, you know, the Titans came back and made it a hell of a game. But the Steelers to me, if Big Ben can limit turnovers, he had that one awful interception that kind of gave the Titans a, a last second chance. If Big Ben can really be a really, he just has to be a game manager because this Steelers defense is so good and they have great weapons. They have a really good run game. Their offensive line is fantastic. I think people need to start talking about the Steelers more often as, you know, a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And that really was my main takeaway from. The early morning games,
2: Yeah, know, I definitely think that the Steelers have kind of thrown their name into Super Bowl contention as we as we kind of have said. Um, for some reason, I still feel like if it came down to Steelers Chiefs, if it came down to Seahawks Steelers or Ravens Steelers, I still feel like I would take those teams over them. But the Steelers have definitely broken into uh, the top five and certainly deserve to be in that discussion. And really like to me, the top four teams in the AFC are set. You know, it's
1: the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Titans. I think those are the four clear cut best teams in the conference. And then, you know, the Browns had a comeback win, credit to Baker. You know, he was really bad in the first quarter. Um, and, you know, I tweeted out that they might be need might have to draft a quarterback. I still kind of think that. But <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, you know, they had a really nice comeback win against the against the Bengals. I feel like the Browns are probably gonna win ten games, maybe eleven. So AFC North is gonna have three playoff teams and then you know, I think the Colts were off today too, or do they play tomorrow? No, they're off today. Tomorrow is Rams, Bears, I think. That's right. That's right. So to me, I think you have the the top four teams set, and then you know, if other teams are gonna be fighting for that last spot, you know, I think the Browns, Colts are probably in that second tier. Um and then we'll kind of see who who is in for that last seven spot. And you know, the Dolphins right now are, are three and three. We'll see how that goes. The Patriots, man. They Ooh. the Niners defense is good, but they're not, you know, shut down an offense to six points good. And and so the the Patriots are are struggling and they just really don't have any weapons on offense at all. And you know, Julian Edelman has been their best receiver with Tom Brady, but you know, he's never been like a, a great receiver in my opinion he's just been a product of having that trust with tom and and he doesn't have that with with cam newton their running backs aren't very good the patriots are are i don't know if they're going to be anywhere close to the to the playoffs this year
2: yeah the cam thing is interesting um i've noticed this in the last few weeks is he does best when he doesn't have to throw right it's it's you (laughs) know he and and we talked about that going into the season about his shoulder um, you know, can he shoulder the load? Uh <laughs> you know, no pun intended, but pun intended, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah, yeah, it, it just feels like his arm is I don't want to say dead, but it feels like it's much more limited than it used to be with all of the shoulder surgeries, um, all of the previous injuries. So, you know, if Cam can be a game manager, um I, I think the Patriots can put themselves in positions to win game with their uh the defense that they have. But it's it's a problem because you know when you're a game manager you have to have other weapons right you you can't just have right. Jordan Edelman you gotta have right like the Patriots had Gronk the Patriots had you know other guys as well uh, so I, I think that's really the problem uh, with New England right now is is they just don't really have anyone who makes a big difference in the run game makes a big difference in the receiving game. And, you know, they're still kind of developing guys like, you know, and kill Harry, right? So it's um it's definitely kind of a rebuilding year, retooling year for New England. But I'll be curious to see what the long-term future of their uh, quarterback position is. Because Cam's arm is looking a little shot right now.
1: Yeah, I think they definitely are one of those teams that, like, maybe you could see drafting a quarterback if, if the situation is right and if they're in a good enough spot draft-wise. Um, the other AFC East team... The Bills look bad today. They that offense looked bad today. And they I don't even think they scored a touchdown. I think they kicked yeah, field all field goals. Mm-hmm. They had six field goals against the Jets, man. The Jets. Yeah. Uh
2: I even though they won the game, I still want to suspend Josh Allen uh, for a year. <laughs> and I think anyone that loses to the Jets going forward, and this includes Justin Herbert. If Justin Herbert loses to the Jets. Oh man. He, he should be suspended for the rest of the remainder of the season. Um, oh, man. But, yeah, I don't know. It it feels like Josh Allen is definitely coming back down to earth a little bit uh, from yes. that uh, MVP pedestal he was on for the first two weeks of the season. Um, so weird. But, yeah, I I don't know. I I mean, people know my feelings on Josh Allen. I definitely think he's improved this year, but I still don't think you can really be – contending team uh to a serious degree with him as your quarterback uh if the defense has to do such heavy lifting um and that's i think that's going to be a problem going forward and i just you know we saw this in the chiefs bills game this week i just don't think when it comes down to it at the end of the day can they outscore the chiefs can they outscore the steelers can they outscore the ravens to me the answer is no i mean you know i love their defense i love trey white they're line they're secondary but they're uh, Josh Allen just ain't it
1: Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are similar in the sense that like if everything's going right around them they're very very good but you know when, both of them if they get behind it's it's really hard for them to come back and, and you know lead late late quarter late fourth quarter comebacks and you know that ultimately is the difference in, in a franchise quarterback like a true franchise quarterback And, you know, someone that is just pretty good. Um, On the opposite side, the Jets, they're 0-7 right now. And uh, here are their upcoming games. They play at Kansas City next week. That's a loss. They host the Patriots. And then they play at the Chargers, host the Dolphins, host the Raiders, at Seattle, at the Rams, home against the Browns. And then they finish the season in New England on uh, January 3rd. So, we might be looking at another 0 16 team. Yeah. And, you know, this, you, the most winnable game there is the Dolphins, I get. You know, maybe you could split one of the games with, uh, maybe you could split with the Dolphins. Maybe Tua get, you know, is, is on a rough day that day. I don't know. But, you know, that's uh, the Jets, man. They have so many issues. They have a ton of draft picks next year and the year after that. But they have so many issues.
2: Tank for Trevor. Ah yeah. They're all in for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> they're already are taken, yeah. 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 Um yeah, people talked about like the Cowboys or, you know, other teams being in the running for oh Trevor my, Lawrence now. The Cowboys, man. <laughs> um, but I feel like the Jets kinda have them unlock because you you mentioned that stretch of games and I just don't see a win for the Jets in there, barring like, as you mentioned, an off day for the Dolphins. Um or they get to play Josh Allen a third time. Um but <laughs> other than that I I don't see how they get a win and man it's going to be rough next week when Levion rushes for 200 yards uh and just <laughs> takes them behind the shit. Yeah, so you know you mentioned the Cowboys obviously
1: with Andy Dalton I, I don't know if he's going to be able to play next week. That hit was so dirty yeah. by that John Bostick guy. Uh, that that was inexcusable to me. I'm glad that they had ejected him. Um, the Cowboys are two and five right now. I'd be shocked if the Jets won more than two games. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think best case scenario for the Jets right now is one and fifteen. Right. So that'll be interesting. The Washington football team, man they they've got a great defense on their hands, and if they can figure out the quarterback spot next year, figure out a way to get that quarterback some more weapons, you know, Washington could be a, a sneaky good team in the next couple years. Uh, obviously, we'll have to see how that pans out.
2: The NFC East leading Philadelphia Eagles. 2 4 and 1, baby.
1: <laughs> so bad. Um, and then really the last thing I want to talk about in terms of other leagues or other leagues, other teams around the league, the Broncos, man. You know, Drew Locke went 24 for 40 with 240, 254 yards and two interceptions against the Chiefs. The Chiefs, you know, blew them out in the snow. They won 43 to 16. Um, the chargers and Broncos both sitting at two and four, obviously the loser of that game next week will be in last place in the division.
2: Uh, yeah. So I don't know the Broncos, you know, there's a lot of talk about like the drew lock is, is drew lock the guy thing, but man, their defense looked rough today. Um, even though they did kind of get some guys back, I don't know. It, it, it seems like they're kind of the last place team, especially since the Chargers kind of do have Herbert and, you know, he's going to get them some wins. Uh, you know, I wonder, I, w- I wonder if the Broncos reevaluate the lock thing in the off because he's been pretty bad all year. Um, so I, I, I hope he turns it around because I actually really like him uh, as a quarterback prospect, but things seem to be slipping away from the Broncos rather quickly um, but you know, there's always some fluky Broncos win over the chargers. So yeah, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. that'll happen next.
1: I sure hope not. So drew Lockman, man, obviously he got knocked out of the Steelers game, uh, in his other three starts, he has one touchdown and four interceptions. So not, uh, not a very good start to drew locks sophomore season. Um, you're looking forward to see how that game next week pans out because, Like we talked about, you know, the secondary for the Chargers is not very good. So, you know, they have some good weapons in Jerry Judy and KJ Handler kind of working back from injury and uh, um, Noah Fant and and Tim Patrick, my guy from Utah. So we'll see how that pans out. I'm fully expecting another stressful, you know, high scoring affair next week in Denver and uh, hopefully not snowing in Denver because, you know, I, I don't know how Justin Herbert does in snow because I don't think he ever played in the snow very much. Uh, in college, so that'll be fun to watch next week for sure. And I think you know, hopefully, this win today against the Jaguars gives them some momentum. Hopefully, they're able to kind of string together some wins and get back to five hundred uh,
2: relatively soon. Yeah, no, I, I think it's just all about uh, really winning the next two games, right? If you if you can beat uh, the Broncos and then pull kind of a, I don't know if it would really be an upset because I think the teams are a little bit more even, uh, especially with kind of the Herbert factor. Um, you know, if you can win these next two divisional games, considering the goose egg they uh, laid in the division last year, you know, you're back at 500. Right. So uh, and then you go into the Dolphins and the Jets. Right. So those are two winnable games. So, you know, uh, it's but I don't know. I feel weird about the Denver game because it's they definitely should win it. Um, but I, but it's in Denver. Yeah, it, the, Denver the Denver factor <laughs> is always the thing there. Just yeah. uh, the altitude and the home field advantage that they have there um, is something that's kind of unmatched in the rest of the league. So, you know, uh, I'm curious to see how Herbert does in his first game there. Uh, that, that'll definitely be interesting to watch and see how he kind of adapts to the environment. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. He... Uh, did he play uh, Colorado in um, in college? I assume.
1: I assume he played them at least once. They're in different divisions. Yeah. Um, he played at Utah a couple times. I remember, but I don't think it was ever
2: snowy or cold. Hmm. Um, so we'll have to see about. I'll have to look into that to see. How I was it more thinking snow, but... about honestly the altitude thing because that's that's something that takes some getting well, used to. Yeah. Well, Salt Lake is 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 high as right. well. It's not as high as
1: as Denver, obviously, but it is. got some altitude to it as well. Um, But yeah, man, you know, obviously the arrow is pointing up. Finally, you know, they were able to get Justin Herbert, his first win. And, um, you know, I think, you know, this team is going to be hopefully trending in the right direction. And before we end today, I do want to give a very happy birthday. Shout out to Janae Franco, who is Tyler's girlfriend. Obviously Uh, that is why Tyler is not with us today. So happy birthday, Janae. Hopefully Tyler spoiled you a little bit uh,
2: this afternoon. Happy birthday, Janae! Thank you for letting me do podcasts with your weird boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, man, Tyler's a great one. I'm happy
1: to have him around with us, even if it's just once a week normally. So that'll do it for us today, guys. Alex, any other thoughts before we wrap up today?
2: Uh, not many other thoughts. Uh, I did change my Twitter handle, so I wanted to get that in. Okay. Uh, so it is Alex Insdorf '99 now at a l e x i n s d o r f '99. Uh, Cause I, I forgot to tell Steven for like four weeks now, and he keeps reading the wrong one, uh, so that's <laughs> my fault. But yeah, so that is the new classic uh, Twitter handle if you want to check that out.
1: <laughs> that's so funny.
2: You just never corrected <laughs> me. No, I just <laughs> forgot the whole time and felt bad.
1: Oh man, it's all good. You know, people are finally figuring out how to say Tyrod versus Tyrod. You know, seven in, seven years into his career, so <laughs> you know, at, at least it didn't take you that long. But. Uh, yeah, make sure you follow us on social media at GC Podcast 17. You can follow me at Stephen I. Hagland and Tyler at Tyler J. Shoon. That'll do it for us today, guys. Have a good one. Enjoy your Sunday off. And obviously, go Chargers. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of
0: prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust. So I created my own. Ours is made traceable,
1: third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label
0: Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.